feelings of fear and the brands that are nearest during the most intense moments. Let's get into it. This is Shadoof. Welcome to Shadoof, the place where business, research, and entertainment make a baby in your mind. And you will come to find you'll start to challenge business standards because you'll trust the data, but not from Star Trek because that's a made up character. Welcome to Shadoof. Drink that Pepsi. Mm. Welcome back to the Shadoof Podcast. This satisfying rattle of ice in my cup means it's time to start our show. I'm your host, Weston Smith, here with head of research, Dustin Harding, and fellow research scientist, Lauren Silva. How's it going, guys? It's going good. How are you doing? Doing awesome. Good deal. Well, it's October. Spooktober. Spooktober. And as promised, last podcast episode, we said that we would deliver a Halloween-themed study. And that's what we're going to do today. Last year, we talked about a study regarding fear and how feeling the effects of fear make people want to purchase more candy. Correct? That's correct. Sorry, I just got a text from Gary Vaynerchuk. I was just, oh, cool. Let, let, me, let me check <laughs> How's that. Gary? that How's Gary V doing? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Gary says, uh, I don't know. He's selling something. He's up to something. <laughs> he's, he's ah, those NFTs, those get your man. He's 12 and a half, leveraging the emotional ingredients necessary for business success. You know? I stopped paying attention in the middle of that. <laughs> 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 Is he going to turn that into an NFT, too? <laughs> it's all about those NFTs. They'll get Sorry. you, man. Gary V's NFTs. Okay, well, moving on. Yes, so so you are correct, though. <laughs> <laughs> so last time... But fear, fear. Fear, fear, and consumption was the last episode, uh, not last episode, but the Halloween episode last year. Right. How emotion sometimes might make us feel the propensity to indulge in something. Right. Sugary or buttery or high caloric foods, right? Like snack foods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So check that episode out if you're curious. Yep. If you haven't listened to that one, that's a good one. We talked about some of our fears. We talked about irrational fears, but let's let's talk about... Let's go around and say what our greatest fear is. Oh, shoot. Starting with Lauren. I didn't come prepared for this. Lauren? I'm scared of a lot of things. We're getting deep here. My greatest fear? Yeah. What is it? Yes, Lauren. Lauren. Probably getting kidnapped. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's probably my greatest fear is getting kidnapped. I don't know. Sometimes when I like walk, if I have to like park on the street and I'm like walking home at night, I have my, my pepper spray and stuff because I'm like actually very concerned. Nothing bad's ever concerned happened to me. And wise. But, that's good you know, to have. But if we're talking about something that's like not quite as severe as kidnapping, then <laughs> um, spiders. And like all sorts of bugs. Like last night, there was a bug on the wall in my apartment, and I like screamed and almost cried and had to go to the other side of the room. And my roommate grabbed it and threw it outside. Yeah, that's right. You are insanely afraid of bugs. There was a bug crawling on the floor, and I like. You herded it towards me. <laughs> I was like, you literally pretending you to nudge it in the direction of Lauren, <laughs> you, and she was getting mad at me. You were walking directly behind the cockroach, getting it to go in the right direction towards it just, your it just shoe. Knew, it just knew that you wanted it to come towards me. You had a connection with that cockroach. It was terrible. It's not even a cockroach. It was like was it not a teeny tiny little beetle bug? In my mind, no. it was a cockroach. <laughs> hey, Lauren. You know, I learned a couple weeks ago uh, that grasshoppers 
bite. They can bite you. Ow, I just feel like really you know? gross thinking yeah. about that. It hurts. Justin has the- a video of a grasshopper biting his neck. Yeah, I love little grasshoppers. I'm like with the kids letting it crawl on my shoulder and they're like, oh, dad's so funny. <laughs> and then he crawls onto my neck and he bites the back of my neck. <laughs> uh, okay, Dustin, how about you? Oh, fear. Um... I sometimes I I don't know. Sometimes I get fearful of like apocalyptic events. Hmm. I get uh, fearful of that. Like you're just kind of going along doing your thing and something happens that completely crushes reality. And all of a sudden everything that was important is no longer important and everything you've worked for your whole life it doesn't hmm. even matter at all. Like your job, like your employment like all of that, just nothing. Yeah, we got a little wow. taste of it during the pandemic, but yeah, a little taste, a little of it. taste, but 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 not really to that to that I scale. Mean, yeah, but enough to like imagine worse, right? Yeah, well, it's sad. Like yeah. all stores sad, close. Like you can't like people go crazy and yeah. That is pretty scary. Add that to my list too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mine would be being framed for something. I mean, it just takes someone not liking you and then they set you up and you have that feeling of helplessness and I don't know. Occasionally I find myself like taking mental note of where I was with or with whom so, so that, you know, I can I can sort everything out, state my alibis and like who I'm with or something. I don't know. That's so I guess that's uh, I guess that's my fear. It does happen, though. Like in I listen to a lot of true crime and sometimes it's like they put the wrong person away and they find out like years later that it wasn't actually them. That That's was... terrifying. Yeah, and usually I'm in, I'm generally found in good places, so I don't have to worry about that, you know, but. Wow, what a well, somber tone. Is, <laughs> I, I think I, I like this would be more fun. <laughs> I thought, I thought that the uh, irrational fears was more fun. This one's like, oh, that's like, deep stuff, guys. really sad. <laughs> Let's redo this one. Tell us about the research. Let's introduce this research. Lauren, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce the research for us? Yeah, sure. So this is an article from the Journal of Consumer Research back in 2014. And the article is titled, The Impact of Fear on Emotional Brand Attachment. And so the paper is just kind of going about and it's talking about and they did research on how people connect with brands when they're in fear-inducing situations. Um, And it's different from, like, there's been a lot of research done on, like, fear advertising, fear marketing, where they Mm -hmm. use, like, fear tactics. Like, I usually think of, like, you know, like the smoking commercial kind of... Stop smoking or you'll get cancer. Like, that Mm -hmm. kind of fear appeal is... is, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but this one is seeing how people form attachments to brands that are in their presence when they are in some sort of fearful situation. Like, for example, they use in this study scary movie clips. Okay. So during those moments, if they're introduced to a brand, they will be more likely to cling to it or feel a a sort of a pull towards it. Is that that what I'm understanding? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. Like, So they, they randomly put each participant in a group where they're either seeing scary video clips from The Ring and Salem's Lot... Okay. That's a scary condition. That's a scary group. Or they watch other clips. Some of them would evoke like an exciting emotion, a sad emotion, or a happy emotion. Okay. So, so they just kind of have these different clips. 
and they'd have this sparkling water is what it is. Okay. Sparkling juice, sparkling water in some of the studies. Like a brand. I, um, I thought yeah. it was interesting, too, when they chose the products for this study. They yeah. chose things that were not locally found, so people didn't have, like, a prior attachment to it uh, necessarily. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah it should be important to this study, right? right? If they already have an attachment... They're familiar with it. Then they, they may, may not have an yeah. opinion of it. And or they don't like the brand. Right. Maybe that's... That, that One way or an another, impact. it would skew the yeah. research if they were familiar with it already. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so then they measured... Uh, emotional attachment, so how attached they were to that brand. And what they found is that when the participants were in the fear condition, that fear group, when they saw these scary movies, um, they were more emotionally attached to the brand, brand. which is really cool. Okay. Does it say what questions they ask to gauge that level of attachment? Like how likely would you be to purchase one of these products or? Yeah, it was a 10 item scale they rated either not at all or or very much um, to to indicate how they felt toward the brand and it was affectionate friendly loved peaceful passionate delighted captivated connected bonded and attached okay yeah and in this study what they did is the participants were told that they were completing two separate studies so they were told they were like watching a video clip for this first study and then they were doing a product evaluation for the second one and they asked them to like get familiar with the sparkling water you can drink it and stuff during that first study so then they'd be prepared for the second one answering the questions and stuff interesting so they didn't the participants didn't know that that sparkling juice had anything to do with the videos that it was connected in any way okay wow and what's really cool i think is the explanation behind what's going on another thing that they measured through scales as well was the participants perception of sharing that experience with the brand so sharing that that experience of watching the film with the brand really yeah and so what they found is during that feared condition, when you're fearful, you feel more like you're sharing that experience with the brand. Like the brand and is there too, experiencing it, 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 it and experiencing it's getting it you through you. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. and then that, that's what increases your level of attachment toward the brand. Oh my gosh. It's almost like we personify this, uh, this brand and it's like becomes our friend and kind of holds our hand. Yeah. What, was it just fear that was the only outlier in the spike? All the other emotions like excitement and happy and sad and all those other clips or videos that they watched, there wasn't any like scale or rank among them and fear was the highest or were they all low and fear was like the only one that actually triggered that connection? It depends on the, the study, I think. Sadness was sometimes... I think in at least one study, the lowest. Okay. But fear was always the highest. Consistently high. Yeah. Right? I just wondered if the excitement, if there's something with adrenaline or something that didn't affect it. Excitement was one of the emotions, yeah. Yeah, it it didn't affect it as mm -hmm. much as, definitely not as much as fear. Yeah. And what's cool, one thing you're saying, there's this other paper. It's another possible explanation behind what's going on. So this is new research. This is new research, like okay. a different paper. It's titled Brand Aid. Brand Aid. Brand Aid. Brand Aid. It's like a pun off of Band Aid and brands. Wait, wait, wait. I just, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> it is a side note. It is kind of funny. I mean, several people are aware of this, but how certain brands become part of our everyday speech like oh get me a band-aid 
Band-Aid is actually a brand. Kleenex, you know, get me a Kleenex. Well, Kleenex is an actual brand. It's, you know, a tissue, right? But we more often say Kleenex over tissue. Anyways, Band-Aid is a perfect example of a brand that has integrated itself into all of our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we won't go, like, a whole lot into into this paper, but it's another kind of explanation for what's going on. They showed that in the presence of brands you feel less physical pain. And the explainer behind this is that you feel this social connection to this brand. And because of that social connection and support, when you're experiencing pain, it's in a lesser state. Really? Yeah. That's so, insane. <laughs> so, so, so what could be going on here in this fear and branding paper is that, yeah, they feel like they're experiencing it with the brand more. And it may be because the, of this social connection um, in this fearful state. They may be more socially connected because they need that reinforcement through, through this experience. Because they feel if they're going to experience this sort of pain, whether... It's a threat of pain or even if it's emotional pain or something that that the brand is going to see them through it. Yeah. And they're going to feel that less because that brand is there. Yeah. Which really makes me think that that strategy for for guys to take take girls out on dates and uh, go see a scary movie isn't that bad of an idea. (laughs) Wonder, yeah. I just just somehow feel so attached to him for some reason. (laughs) That's true. Does not always work, though. (laughs) No, it always works. No, guaranteed. This has become a dating advice podcast. So... (laughs) Where can we go from here? So what applications could we make from this? Could could people use this in any way? Honestly, I'm trying to think like have I seen like a scary movie and then like obvious product placement during that scene because I can't really think of it. Is what's weird. I've seen product placement, but it's usually in like sidelines in between scenes or in more lighthearted scenes or something. I'm I'm not really thinking of any like fear-based scene that has a clear brand placement or logo or anything. Well, I also think part of it, in, at least in this study, is having the actual physical product. With is you. part of it, yeah. And another aspect of it, because they, they go into in some of the other studies, is like their feeling of social connectedness. So like the mm. second study looked at how connected they felt to the outside world. Mm. So like they, for like half the participants, they completed like a word search um, that had like words like accepted or like connected or different things like that in it. Okay. And then they asked them how connected they felt like to the world. Hmm. And then in the, the people who just were in just like a neutral condition, they just had like regular word search words like really? seeds or just different like random things. And the people who didn't have the social connection, who didn't feel like connected to the world because they didn't see those words that evoked feelings of connectedness, they were the ones who had the higher fear like brand attachment Really? Than the ones who were connected. So I think part of it too might be you don't always watch scary things like, right. by yourself. You know what I mean? Right. And like, I think even like we were talking about movies, like even just being in a movie theater, like with other people, you may not know everyone in there, but you feel connected to them because you like have this like shared experience shared kind experience. of thing. So I think that it kind of lessens in that case. And you always have your Coca-Cola with you. So you have that brand reassurance along with the people. But it's kind of funny because as Dustin and Lauren were looking into this research, Lauren was like, 
uh, like Weston, what kind of brands do you feel attached to? Do you feel like an emotional connection to? <clears throat> and one of them, for whatever reason, is Coca-Cola. And I don't always drink Coke, but I always just feel nostalgic towards it. I always just feel it's so classy. I really like their brand. I mean, yeah, probably when when you get down to it, they're this huge, heartless corporate enterprise that just wants to get us addicted to their product. You know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> their advertising is phenomenal. Like their whole like share a Coke thing. It's like it's no longer just a personal experience. It's like yeah. it's like you're you're buying a shared experience kind of thing. People love that. It's, yeah. a, it's a great feeling. It's kind of a thing for companies to do product placements in, in horror films. Like, it's not uncommon at all. In fact, right. it's, it's becoming more and more common. But, you know, some examples, I mean, the first thing that we thought of that came to my mind was E.T. I think of the Reese's Pieces in E.T. and right. the Pepsi is, is, is a product placement in, in E.T., you know. And, right. and even though I can't think of any product placements in the creepiest scenes there, still you're dealing with a pretty fairly creepy alien. Oh, sure. Uh, and, and so, so maybe, a lot of intense <laughs> scenes and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so perhaps that's building your attachment toward those brands there. Okay. Um, Jack Daniels is a product placement within uh, The Shining. Shining, which is one of the great classics. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's it looks like there's Alien Covenant. That one, the uh, <laughs> Alien Covenant. That one, uh, there's a product placement for a Steinway okay. uh, piano, but also uh, they they have this this AI. Uh, robot that's that's like an Audi. It's it has that the Audi logo, the Audi on logo. It, oh. which is fun. Jurassic okay. Park, Ford Explorers, and Jeep Wranglers, of course, oh, like yeah, throughout all time. throughout Jurassic uh-huh. Park. Yeah, and those are definitely in some of the intense scenes. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. 100%. I mean, like the Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park. Right. That's like the creepiest scene. Yeah. Where Nedry's with- trying to escape and the Dilophosaurus like attacks him. That's intense, and that's all Spits done in his eyes in a Jeep. All in a Jeep. So here's what, as you were talking about this, here's what I found interesting. Because I was trying to think, like, okay, have I seen this before? And I couldn't think of one right away. But I can think of other clear, blatant uses of product placement. Hmm. And I guess I would say that that's a good thing. That the fear that you feel in those movies or in those particular scenes maybe makes the product placement less obvious because Uh, you're distracted by the emotion of the scene and then you're feeling that extra connection during the scene because sometimes when it's blatant product placement it just kind of feels cheap and and shoehorned in right yeah less natural yeah exactly so so it seems out of place that that product placement right and for whatever reason in the scary scenes you you attach to it it doesn't seem as unnatural it seems like oh no i i want this product placement to be here yeah it almost feels like someone's throwing you a lifeline because it's it's getting you through that that's so fascinating it'd be interesting to see if product placement works better just in scary movies overall like not just in the intense scenes because i mean you're yeah. still in that like heightened state through the whole entire movie. You're totally right. And it'd just be interested to see if the Prockley's just performs better overall. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's not like quite the connection like we're talking about. There, there's still that like underlying suspense. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is there any other areas that this could that this sort of research could be applied potentially? 
I'm going to watch for the movies now. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that kind of thing. Well, I think, um, I mean, <laughs> this is this is probably a dark, twisted way to, to, to go. But <laughs> That's all right. Not hey, so dark. <laughs> just, this is a podcast. We're just exploring these topics, right? But it's no wonder that we're having issues in certain countries like this country with uh, this obesity epidemic with, with children. Mm. Because, I mean, you send kids out on Halloween with all the spookiness and they're going and grabbing candy and they're becoming attached to these brands. <laughs> like, you, put, you put the brand of candy in the palm of their hands right in front of their faces. With all these scary skeletons scary all skeletons around all and around. witches. And this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so... So, you so this know, is a payday for candy companies, right? Yeah, I mean these kids early on. I mean, if you know, we're definitely pulling this research further than than what what the the studies definitely go. But but seriously though, kids are going to be be more susceptible to this than anything, right? And so you put them in a creepy environment where they're getting candy. They're going to become very attached to these products and these logos and and brands. Brands and And there has been research that has looked at that those associations that you build with brands in your childhood carry with you into adulthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally believe that. Uh, And other countries don't do that as much. It'd be interesting to look at what countries celebrate Halloween in the same type of creepy way where you get candy. And see if that is correlated with child obesity. <laughs> Seriously. So interesting. That would be way interesting. Well, this is, I mean, I love the topic of fear and, you know, talking about the range of human emotions and what we, you know, what we cling to and how we cope with these different emotions. It's just fascinating. So do with that research what you will and have a happy Halloween. Go out and enjoy some delicious Snickers bars. Or Reese's Pieces. Or your favorite candy, Lauren. Oh, that's not my favorite candy. Okay. What's your favorite candy? Oh, sour gummy worms. Sour gummy worms. Dang it, you took mine. (laughs) But in combination with Swedish Fish. Oh, yeah. You just kind of alternate between Mm -hmm. them as you're... So you get kind of too soured out, then you Mm -hmm. go for the Swedish Fish. You can eat way more candy that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I will recommend some hard, stale Bitto Honeys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sounds terrible <laughs> and join us next time on the Shadoof Podcast thank you for listening to this episode of the Shadoof Podcast if you enjoyed it we have many other episodes in each one we focus on a different topic of research some of it might be useful to you but it is all interesting Shadoof is sponsored by the Utah Valley University's Woodbury School of Business Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on as many social media platforms as you can. LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We're trying to make this awesome information as accessible as possible, but we can't do it without you. So please join us. Oi, Mike, how's you doing, dice?